the wonderful thing about Passover is that every year it takes you back through and it uh, you eat this meal and it helps you focus in. So as a Christian, how to press in. It's just uh, it's an amazing time. And we're basically we're going to walk through the, a part of the Seder now. Uh, we'll be having the live Seder tomorrow. Of course, it's sold out. But nonetheless, uh, this is part of it. So every element on the table has something to do with Jesus. So we're going to look at the, the bitterness of sin, but the sweetness of forgiveness. Mm. It's funny how those two go together. Bitter herbs. Uh, you eat horseradish. Now, I happen to love horseradish, but it recalls the bitterness of slavery. Traditionally, this is grated by hand by the man of the house till begins to cry. But at our house, in order to have enough horseradish, uh, Kelly starts when she's done crying, I grate it. And then when I'm done crying, we have enough horseradish. So, sin like the bitter herb tastes sweet at first, then bitter. All right. The clay, what they call the horosis, looks like charosis, but it's horosis of apples, nuts, cinnamon, and wine. It represents the bricks and mortar the Israelites were forced to make under Pharaoh's taskmaster. So in that sin equals bondage. So in the horosis, we taste the sweetness of God's forgiveness from that sin. But we're also looking at the things that we once considered sweet, but in recognizing that they are not. Because I think one of the toughest things as a Christian is continuing to recognize what your brain tells you is sweet that you know is bad, is slavery, is sin, <laughs> learning that. And so this Passover meal is built for that. You eat bitter herbs mixed only with the herosis. There's no matzah. So it recalls the bitterness of slavery when we choose to sin and the suffering of Jesus who set us free. So there is this thing called the sop sandwich. And you take the bottom piece of the of the matzah, which is the Holy Spirit, and you make a sandwich. It's matzah, lamb, bitter herbs, and the sweet herosis. But you don't eat it. You give it to a close friend. When the Holy Spirit filled us, he enabled us to love and to walk in his many gifts. So to celebrate His, the fruit of that love with the sop, just as we had matzah and lamb, God brings our brothers and neighbors into our life, along with the good, the bad of the words, thoughts, and actions that bless us and sometimes hurt us. Uh, Jesus gives this to Judas. This is that piece who dips with him. It should have been given to Peter, James, or John. They're his closest friends. And this is so confusing to Peter because he's a zealot. He knows when things are done wrong. He says, wait, you're giving the sop to Judas? Uh, he gets defensive saying that he would never betray Jesus. So they get what's going on. And he again misses the purpose of the change of the tradition. Jesus actually washed Judas's feet and gave him the sop. That's the highest honor at the Passover. He's saying, I know what's in your heart, and I'm your only hope. He's still, throughout all of it, calling him back to him. Jesus was a friend of sinners, not an accuser. So we ask for grace, we learn to love, and we extend grace and forgiveness. That's part of the Passover. Now, on the table, there's salt water. Now, that symbolizes the tears shed from a life of slavery and sin. But it also reminds us when the Israelites crossed that salty Red Sea. And when we were baptized, uh, both represent being set free from death. There is a green vegetable, typically cucumber. Green is a symbol of life and springtime. Uh, it represents the hyssop branches used to apply the blood of the lamb to the doorpost. And since we ask Jesus into our heart, well, the hyssop actually represents prayer. 
So you dip the green vegetable in salt water and you eat it. All right? So it's kind of like praying. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of the slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, it says in Exodus 2, and he remembered his promise with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. This reminds us to pray and ask God for help because he promised to hear us and help us. And if you're in a situation, maybe with your family or whatever, it's a reminder that God, just because you look at the situation, it doesn't look like he's in the middle of it. He's in the middle of it. You also have a roasted egg. It's a reminder of the festival sacrifice, also a symbol of peace. It was offered at the temple during the Feast of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. It all has to do with peace, obviously. It's peace with God. So in John 14, if you read, uh, when they're at this meal, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. What's he doing? He's literally dipping the egg in salt water because it's the peace offering. He's dividing up the roasted egg among them and saying, eat this, my peace I give to you. But on a more practical level, he's shining a light on all of the sacrifices of the past. He's saying, listen, this is more than an offering for your failures. It's my peace that I give to you now. You don't have to make sacrifices anymore. I'm about to die for the sins of the world. And notice that the meaning are all things we struggle with daily. The feasts are built to be our daily companions to remind us of his truth. It is once a year, but it's also with us daily.